This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. philosophical journey with me this evening and the first question I'm going to ask which might be the title of the message now follow me before you stone me and the question is this is God really good I know somebody's looking at but shall I just collect the mic from him <laughs> is God really good I'm, I'm expecting answers are we sure? God is good. You are sure that God is good. <laughs> you see, if you look at the dictionary meaning of good, it's plenty. Just like the dictionary meaning of love. And when there are plenty explanations like that, it points to something. But let's just see some of the meaning that the dictionary says about good or goodness. It says it's good is beneficial, helpful, kind. So if you say something is good, we are saying it's beneficial, it's helpful, it's kind. Hallelujah. If you say something is good, we are saying it's competent, effective, or it's excellent. It's something dependable, able, reliable. All of those things that I just said, does it look like who God is? Does it look like who God is? Are we sure? Ah, okay. Now I'm going to tell us about two stories. And then we'll decide whether um, I'll ask you the question again. Now we have um, stated that good has to do with something positive, right? From everything that we, the dictionary said, good always looks positive. Am I correct? So there was this day I went to the hospital and um, the parents of a child brought the child so that a leg can be amputated. Now, looking at that scenario, is the amputation of a leg, is it good? For just follow me. Like I told you, I tend to teach, but I'm going somewhere. The amputation of a leg, is it a good thing? 
Alright. Now, if someone told you that the reason why that leg will be amputated or asked to be amputated was because if they did not amputate it, that child was going to eventually die. Then that sort of starts changing your perspective. Am I correct? So all of a sudden, what we thought was not exactly good starts looking good. Am I correct? Now, if you went to the airport and um, you were going for a serious meeting in Abuja, this meeting is going to net your company at least $2 billion. And then, unfortunately, you don't have a private jet. So you go to the airport, like Nigerians, Nigerian airport, airlines do. You go to the airport, a 7 a.m. flight, unfortunately, it was postponed. And then after it was postponed, you will, you know, these people, I know what your game plan is. So you bought another ticket, another airline. I know these ones will go. And then all of a sudden, they cancelled that flight. And then you meet your 10 a.m. $2 billion meeting. Now, that is not a good thing, is it? Is it a good thing? Now, what if God told you, or all of a sudden, when you got home, angry, you are still vexing, and then that same flight that was delayed, that was cancelled, um, eventually left at 2 p.m., and then it crashed. And then you eventually learned that the reason why it was delayed in the first place, or cancelled, was because there was an issue with the aircraft they were trying to sort, which apparently they were not able to. Then all of a sudden, the delayed flight starts looking good. Am I making sense? I'm going somewhere. So, it means that goodness, or the notion of goodness, is relative or subjective to people. To the experiences that they have or to their expected outcome. Am I making sense? So all of a sudden, when we say God is good, what do we mean? Do I mean that God is good because I got a new job? Or do I mean that God is good? You know, many times we come and we say, praise the Lord, I want to um, testify to the goodness of God. You know, I applied for this job and I got this job. God is good. Am I correct? And it's fantastic. But I've never seen someone come and say, praise the Lord. I want to thank God because I just lost a job. God is good. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> is God really good? Again, the notion of goodness is subjective to someone's experience or expected outcome. There is this analogy I used to give when I'm um, teaching something else, but it can apply here too. If I write an exam, I'm on here, I wanted to say something, but my parents can't believe me. So if I write an exam and I decide that the outcome I want for that exam is to fail it, are you listening? For so, so, and so reason. And then, I wrote the exam, and I passed it. Is that good? I'm going somewhere. I'm trying to put <laughs> thought into our mind. Is that a good thing? 
Uh You know, we don't know whether to say yes or no now. (laughs) So, is it a good thing to pass exam? Is it a good thing that I pass the exam? (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Is God really good? Most of us will agree unanimously that God is good. But when we break it down to the nitty gritty, it begins to look just like the scenarios are posted, you know, you know, you know, uh, shared now. It begins to look like um, many times we have some of this thought in our mind, but because we are in the garden of believers, most of us are not bold enough to express those kind of notions. So what I want to do this evening is to try and help us come out, see what the things that you are thinking about, and change your perspective to begin to understand what the goodness of God actually is. Hallelujah. So we are going to use two or three stories from the scriptures. Is God really, really good? When the floods came in the days of Noah, and only Noah and his family were saved, and every other person perished, was God good? <laughs> when the children of Israel went to captivity, 400 old years, 400, someone say 400. 400 old years. Actually, they used 430. <laughs> was God good? When Apostle Paul was jailed again and again, and I dare say un, you know, unjustly, was God good? When Jesus Christ was crucified, was God being good? Oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I'm going to come to direct questions to each and every one of us very soon. And because, you see, many times, our notion of goodness sort of constrains our reaction, permit me to use that word, to the dealings of God in our lives. So why is this person depressed? Why is this person crying? Why is this person sad? Why is this person paranoid? Why is this person, you know, jumping up and down and all that? Or why is this person happy? Why is this person glad? We will discover, if we x-ray it, that the person that is glad is glad because something good, invited to come out open and close, happened to the person. Or, am I making sense? And the person that is sad, the person that is weeping, the person that is crying, Maybe because they you know, lost a loved one. Maybe because they lost a job. Maybe because one leg is going to be amputated. He's crying because the person is interpreting that scenario as something not good. Am I making sense? So when we go through scriptures and we begin to see that the pathway of walking with God is not always as what we would like it to be. And then it's easy for me to mentally say, God is good all the time, but in practice, I hear a news that does not sound good, I do not say God is good. There is something I do a lot, and people sometimes laugh, sometimes they look at me, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Captain, you started again. You, you say something, 
anything. And sometimes I just say, we give thanks. <laughs> and someone looks at and I say, Bible says, in all things, Bible says, we give thanks. Now, many times I'm saying it jokingly, at least that's how it comes out. But the truth is that that's what the scripture says. Am I correct? We also get there. So the notion of good, I'm going somewhere because when we understand what I'm trying to portray here, it will not affect where I want us to land. It will affect our disposition as we live this life. So if you look at, um, okay, let me not go through Hebrews yet. Let's, let's look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. It's a story of um, Jesus' birth. Or should I say, well, birth. Or the beginning of conception. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1. Then we read from verse 30. I'm reading from NLT. So it says, the angel um, appeared to Mary. Okay, let me read from verse 28. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. And all. Let me go to 31. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, and he said all that, all that. And Mary in 34 says, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby will be, that will be born will be holy and will be called the Son. Now, let, let me do one illustration. Can I have somebody that is, you are very single, as you are not married? Anybody? Somebody inquire of me. Male and female. Male and female. Come, come, come. Now, because many times when we read this story, it's not like a story to us. So this is Brother Joseph. And this is Sister Mary. And Brother Joseph and Sister Mary, they are going out, like we say in today's palace. Have you? You are going out. I don't know when you come in, but they are going out. So, and then, all of a sudden, Brother Joseph, obviously they are not staying together. It means don't stay together when you are not married. Alright. And then Sister Mary told Brother Joseph that Joseph, I'm pregnant too. And Brother Joseph knew, knows that I did not do anything. And then you are saying you are pregnant. I don't know how, whether in that generation or in this generation, how Sister Mary wants to explain that situation. As good. Am I making sense? There is no way. Listen, because we have read the rest of the story. So we look at it and we'll be like, oh, so touching. But this woman is going to face choir. See the way you are looking at me like, eh? She's going to face choir. And then, how will she explain to that or this or that I'm pregnant. And then I did not do anything. Am I making sense? No, look at it. 
I did not do anything. And then you are looking at both of them. <laughs> and the mama calling you. You you be singing. Sister Mary, will at that instant can you confidently come out and say what has happened to me is good? I don't think anybody will be able to say that. Even if you saw the angel too. I mean, Brother Joseph did not even agree. He just said, okay, I've heard you. If you, look, if you read Matthew's account, don't worry. So that I cannot just cast you, sir. I will just leave you alone. I will not tell anybody what you did, though. That's what Brother Joseph said. Until the angel appeared to him too. And then both of them now, together, having seen the angel, now have to start explaining. It's even worse. You know, if it's one person, you say, me, I'm not there, oh. And then both of you, that you say you are going out. And then all of a sudden, you are going out, there is now a result that cannot be explained by you people. Because what you are saying does not make sense to us. And then to now make matters worse, you are saying that the baby that you are saying you did not do anything, that is in Sister Mary's tummy, is a good thing. As a matter of fact, when the baby comes, the baby, the baby is going to be the savior of the world. All I'm going to think is that I know where, where you are going. What else to just so Pastor, I will just say, okay, since you have said the angel appeared to you, let's believe it like that. So you have cooled the story to be sweet. Trust me, that was what people in those days thought about. If not, Joseph would not have had that reaction. Hope you know. If it was normal, Joseph would just say, eh, ah, your own has come. Eh, no problem. You two are not pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But it was not, that was not normal, right? And that was not the definition of good. So all of a sudden, the gentle woman that was just on her own, being a good church lady, now has a testimony that does not sound like what she should come out and share. Am I making sense? Now, in the midst of all this, God was there. But it was not apparent initially. Many times when we are going through stuff, thank you, that is exactly what is happening. So, let me give you an example. I was talking to my brother on Sunday, and then we were talking, we were talking and then we, we started saying that everything actually works together for good. And that we, we, you know, we can always thank God for everything and all that. And I said something that I've said a lot of times to myself and to people. When I left secondary school, I didn't enter university immediately. I, so I was at home for three years. But I lost two sessions, not three sessions, because the, the session before us, that was a long strike. That was one, that one, one bloody strike like this. So I lost three years, two sessions. And some of my mates entered the university. Trust me. If I did the one before the second session I lost, I cried. I sat down... <laughs> 
in Trenchard Hall. That's where we went to, you know, check the names. And I cried. What's happening here? I mean, it's not like I'm from Zamfara or somewhere where the cut of map for them would be 10 or something. I mean, I had more than 200. <laughs> What's happening here? But do you know that now, I thank God that I did not enter before the time I entered. But the question I always ask myself is, if God had told me that, guy, you will be at home for three years, you will not enter school because of so, so, and so, will I have agreed? Will I have come out to share the testimony and say, Praise the Lord. God is good. Yesterday as I was praying, I just, I heard it clearly. God said to me, I'm not going to enter school for the next three years. Somebody shout hallelujah. What, what are you going to think? Ah, I've always thought about it. This Captain D, there's something up with him. <laughs> now I know. Hallelujah. When we go through trials and troubles, when we, you know, we see sicknesses in the body, death of a loved one, poverty, that one that we don't like in Nigeria, obviously, it's very hard to see or to say that God is good. But you see, the reason why many, it looks as if when a scenario changes or when you can see um, the bigger picture, then all of a sudden your notion of good begins to shift. It's because good cannot be defined. <laughs> you didn't hear that? It's because, it's because good cannot be defined. In fact, a man by D.E. Moore, who was a philosopher, concluded that good has no definition at all. That in looking for the definition of good, you have to come to a point where you agree that good has no definition. And you know the reason? Very simple. Because number one major point that we need to understand this evening, that God is the definition of good. Hallelujah. God is the definition of good. You cannot find goodness outside of God. You cannot find goodness outside of the scope of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now that something looks positive or sounds positive is not proof that it's good. So, many people will say it is good to travel abroad. Ladies and gentlemen, if you travel abroad outside of the scope and purpose of God for your life, it is not good. Am I making sense? It is good to marry. But ladies and gentlemen, it is not good if the person you are getting married to is not in the plans and purpose of God for you. Am I making sense? So you cannot define goodness just by the fact that I am rich, I'm wealthy. Oh, God has been good to me. Everything is good around me. No, sir. No, sir. No, ma. Goodness is necessarily defined by the workings of God. So God was good 
in the supposed embarrassment of Sister Mary. Am I making sense? God was good. When the children of Israel went to captivity, God was good. God is good. You cannot define goodness from your own perception of what is positive and say, okay, this is good, that is good, this is not good. It doesn't work that way. Luke 18, verse 18 and 19. Just to paraphrase. Bible says, an official asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit in eternal life? What did Jesus say? He said, why do you call me good? Jesus said, nobody is good except for God. Because God is the very definition of good. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. But not the way you think. See, this message is simple but it's deep. You know why it's deep? I am bringing us to a point where we can see things that look not like it and say God is good. And not just say God is good under your breath. You can actually look at somebody and say, Brother, regardless of what this situation is saying, do you know God is good? And then the person that came to come and say sorry is wondering, "Ah, uh-uh. Did you hear me? Imagine that you lost a baby. And then people are coming to you and say, hey, yeah. And as they are coming, you are welcoming them with smile and say, Sister, wow. So, so, and so just left. But in this thing, I can see that God is good. And then you are not saying, <laughs> I know that God is good. You know, we do that. So that the people, the president that come, they will not think that you have gone. So, as they are saying it is well, you are saying, I know it is well. But is it, is it that it is well because it is really well? Or is it that it is well because that is the Christianity we have been taught to say? But down inside our soul, we do not believe. How do we know? When you begin to have one or two other experiences that look like that, you begin to think that there is a pattern that God is working in your life with that you don't like. As I'm speaking now, I have a witness that I'm speaking to some people particularly about the trajectory of your life. About the questions that you have asked again and again and wondering, God, what is happening here? What is happening here? See, there are several examples in scripture that show that the goodness of God is expressed in process not in a moment or in an event. Do you hear me? The goodness of God is expressed in process, not in an event. In other words, you cannot look at the one event of your life and say or not say that God is good or God is not good. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to understand the goodness of God in process. So let's look at the story of Joseph. We will not necessarily go there. I will just say it. It's a common story that we know. This guy saw vision. Everybody bowed to him. 
And then with his big mouth, he went to go and say it. The first one was still, and then the second one that connoted his father and his mother also bowing to him. He went to say it again. And I'm sure, maybe Jacob just said, one more. Way. Just learn to keep your mouth shut. But it was all good. And then he got a coat of many colors. Am I right? And it was all good. And then the Bible, the Bible says that his father loved him. And it was all good. And then there was a day. The father that loved him told him to take food to the brothers that didn't like him. And it was just a normal day. Until he got there and he was sold. Uh-uh. What's happening here? And then he was sold to slavery. They wanted to actually kill him. But you know, you know the story. Don't kill him. Just do this and all that. And then he was sold. And then when he landed in Egypt, he landed in Potiphar's house. And then at least he was managing. A, well, at least I'm chief servant. I'm doing stuff. Even though I'm far away from my daddy that lost me. And then all of a sudden, this little goodness that he could see in his story became worse. Why? Mrs. Potiphar came on board and lied against him. And then what happened? He was sent to prison. See, eh? Let's, this is God's plan. In Psalm 105, the Bible says God declared a famine on the land, destroying the entire food supply. He sent a man before them. Look at God's perspective. He sent a man before them. Joseph, so that you will not mistake, is Joseph talking about? Who had been sold as a slave? I don't understand. God wants to send me, and the way He chose to send me is as a slave. That's what the scripture is saying. Let me break it down. You want to go to Canada, and God says, No, I want to send you that ministry that we have been talking about. Yes, you will do it. But I'm going to send you to U.S. I'm, I know somebody's thinking I will say Afghanistan. Just wait. I'm going to send you to U.S. But this is how it's going to happen. When you get there, seek so-so-so-and-so pastor and work for that pastor without pay for 10 years. Ah! Am I making sense? God sent him. That's what the scripture says. But the scripture says God sent him as a slave. Again, I'm trying to knock at our notion of goodness. Good is not things that look positive. Good is what God says is good. Good is what God has spoken to your life and said, this is what will happen to you. Good is the plan, the purpose of God for your life. Bible says God sent him ahead of them. <laughs> he was sold as a slave. They bound his feet with fetters. And place an iron collar on his neck. A sent man. A sent man. How many of us want to be sent like that? I know I'm looking for trouble. Nobody. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to knock at. Because if a man will walk with God, there will be some sort of sending like that. One day, maybe when we are able to, not in a church setting, 
and we sit down with pastor and all he's doing for that one hour is just telling you the trajectory of this ministry maybe you will understand that when God sends you he's usually like a slave hallelujah am I making sense many people come to church now and they say wow HOD and all that was it like that oh hallelujah amen so what is it that god is telling you what is it that god is moving you to do that is not looking at it and you have been saying no 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 because your notion of good is not aligning to the direction god is pointing to hallelujah So everything I've said therefore says that your experiences is not a yardstick for measuring the goodness of God. Do you hear me? My experience is not a yardstick. It's not a valid yardstick. It's not a valid measurement of the goodness of God. It must be seen in the light of God's plan. God's purpose, what God is saying concerning me and concerning you. Hallelujah. Am I helping someone this evening? God is not good because you were promoted. God is not good because you got a baby. God is not good because you got married. God is good because God is God. Hallelujah. Just like God is love. God is just good because God is God. That's who He is. Whatever God does is good. And if God is saying to you, Chidima, this is what I want you to do. Or in the path of what God has called you to do, storms arise. Don't all of a sudden think that God didn't send you. Am I making sense? Don't all of a sudden shout like the disciples. Master, don't you care that we perish? But the master already said, let's go over to the other side. In, the, in that statement is the certainty of their destination. Regardless of the circumstance in between. So that Peter began to sink. After Jesus said, come, it does not mean that God is not good. I know many times I preach it. The only part we see is that Peter didn't have faith. That's why he began to sing. But listen, many times in Walking on the path that God has called us. We walk in the valley. That is why he says that he will be with us. He didn't say he's going to erase the valley. hope you know. He didn't say he's going to take the valley away. The valley experience. I know we pray sometimes. Sometimes. Let me say this. God wants you to give up. And I will explain it. 
God wants you to give up the things that you think is good for you. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right to a man. If it, if it doesn't seem right, it, you won't be deceived. It means that it looks like the good thing, like the right thing. But when you now understand that good is not good by itself, and it's defined by what God is, who God is, and what God is doing, then you know that something that might look good, that you are, you are bent on doing, might not necessarily be good for you. Am I helping somebody this evening? Honestly speaking, I almost think this topic because in my mind I was like, ah, looks boring and all that. And then as I was thinking about something else, the Holy Spirit said, that is exactly what I wanted to say. Because I believe so much that somebody is here today that you needed to hear these words. Somebody is here that needs to be encouraged that regardless of what you are going through, God is good. For real. And then somebody is here today that needs to realign. Because you are moving away just like Jonah. The exact opposite of what God is sending you to do because what he sent you to do looks like it's not good. And as you are listening to me today, you know yourselves. Finally, only the accurate understanding of God's goodness will make us understand that all things work together for our good. Ah, we understand that now, right? When we say Romans 8.28 and we know that all things work together, do we really understand what we are saying? All things work together for our good. All things. It didn't say some things. It didn't say good things work together for your good. Positive things work together for your good. He said, all things work together for our good. When we understand that goodness is only defined from the perspective of God, then this scripture makes sense. Am I correct? And then we understand how truly all things can work together for our good. How that even though Jesus went through all he went through on earth, it was in God's goodness that all the things that happened to him happened to him. To the point of death. In God's goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The only reason why we can do that is because we have understood goodness, the goodness of God as the key for maintaining a life of gratitude. And if you do not understand the goodness of God, you cannot live a life of gratitude. Well, and when I say the goodness of God again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying the goodness of God from the perspective of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now it looks like a solemn assembly. <laughs> that was not really my intention, but... I just have to say exactly what God wants to say. Hallelujah. Is someone blessed this evening? Now let me ask the question I asked at the beginning. I believe we have a better understanding now. Is God really good? 
Now, is God good irrespective of what you are going through? Now, is God good when He says, don't travel out? Uh, uh, some people are not asking again, no. Is God good when He says, don't go to UI? Go to. Okay, I'm, don't let me say something that somebody, somebody that went to that school now say. <laughs> but you get. <laughs> okay, let me say it like this. God says, don't go to. Don't go and do your masters in Oxford. Stay here and do it in UI. Is God still good? Is God good when He says, don't marry that sister? And then you've been at it for like five years. And you're wondering, what is God saying? Ah, no, I'll marry this one. No. Is God still good? God is good all the time because goodness is defined from the perspective of God. God is the very definition of goodness. That is why, just try and look at, um, um, try and do a study. You will discover, number one, there are a lot of definition of goodness and you will discover that there is no consensus to the definition of goodness because you can't define goodness outside of God and that is the truth. Hallelujah. But I want us to pray in one minute. And the prayer is simple. You are praying for yourself. Lord, help me to stick to your plans and purposes for my life. Help me to stick to your plans and purposes for my life. Help me to stick to your plans and purposes for my life. Help me to stick to your plans and purposes for my life. Give me the strength. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ. Just after me say, Lord Jesus... I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of your family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.